Hello, friends, and welcome to the Diabetes Pro Tip Series from the Juice Box Podcast. These episodes have been remastered for better sound quality by Rob at Wrong Way Recording. When you need it done right, you choose Wrong Way. WrongWayRecording.com Initially imagined by me as a 10-part series, the Diabetes Pro Tip Series has grown to 26 episodes. These episodes now exist in your audio player between episode 1000 and episode 1025. They are also available online at DiabetesProTip.com and JuiceBoxPodcast.com. This series features myself and Jennifer Smith. Jenny is a CDE and a Type 1 for over 35 years. This series was my attempt to bring together the management ideas found within the podcast in a way that would make it digestible and revisitable. It has been so incredibly popular that these 26 episodes are responsible for well over a half of a million downloads within the Juicebox podcast. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Ascensia Diabetes, makers of the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. And they have an amazing offer for you. Right now, at my link only, contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter, you can get an absolutely free Contour Next Gen starter kit. That's contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter. While supplies last, U.S. residents only. The Remastered Diabetes Pro Tip Series from the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. See all of the good work they're doing for people living with type 1 diabetes at touchedbytype1.org and on their Instagram and Facebook pages. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries. Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. What I would like to talk about today is transition. Just a, an overview concept for, for this one, but transition from just finger sticks to CGM, transition mm-hmm. from MDI to pumping, transition from pumping to algorithm. Sure. Can we do that? Yeah. All right. I thought we could. Um, I'll thank Isabel here for having her finger on the pulse of the people in the Facebook group and knowing exactly what people ask about and what they seem most confused about. Why don't we start with MDI? Because everybody starts there, right? After you're doing it for a while, like let's put ourselves in that place. We've been doing MDI for a while. It's working pretty well. We're at least at a baseline. We're shooting a basal insulin once a day, and we are shooting a meal insulin to correct blood sugars and to cover our carbs. That's the basics of MDI. Okay. Correct. So then we're in a doctor's office. I'm going to make up some numbers. Let's say say our basal, it's like, I don't know. Let's say our basal's 10 a day. Mm -hmm. And let's say we're, I don't know, 1 to 10 for a carb ratio. Okay. All right. And let's say our correction is one to 100. Let's keep it all very like, like that so that it's easier to talk about. Okay. Right. Round 10 numbers. 10 numbers. We're going to do that. So the math makes sense when people are listening. 
So we're in the doctor's office, and the doctor says, you know, you might like a pump. <laughs> sure. Is he going to say it just like that? I mean, if it's a lady, she might be like, you might like a pump. I don't know, like, how people <laughs> exactly sound, right? Or anywhere in between. There's some women have more masculine voices. Jenny, this isn't the point of what we're talking no. about. No. Yeah. So they say you might like a pump. You are, um, I'm guessing, going to have a couple of different reactions. I see a lot of people scared. Oh, no, mm-hmm. don't change something. I see a lot of people are like, yes, please, because this isn't working and maybe this will. They don't know why they think that, just right. they're hoping for a change. So the first thing that's going to happen is the doctor is going to translate your basal insulin to this pump. So, Jenny, you do that math for me. I get Correct. I get 10 units a day injection. What are they going to do on the pump for me? Most often on a pump, because it's expected that your basal insulin, which, and this is kind of outside of it, but within, your basal insulin will now be given by the pump as rapid acting insulin. So that's the first thing to understand is that your injected basal insulin, which is a specific long acting kind of insulin, will now sit in your refrigerator as a backup in case of pump failure. Mm -hmm right? So you don't put basal insulin into a pump. The only insulin that goes in the pump is your rapid acting insulin of any of the brands, right? Um, Depending on the pump company, um, they all have a little bit of different kind of recommendations for type of rapid insulin, but um, it's a rapid insulin. And to translate your basal dose of what we said, 10 units into a pumped basal delivery, you would essentially take 10 units into a 24-hour day, okay. right? And that translates into a a dripped amount, right? Because insulin pumps drip, 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 drip consistently um, to deliver that total amount of basil that you want. Yeah. Okay. So let's clean it up for people who get lost very easily. You may be injecting uh, Traceba, Levomir, Lantus, what are the other ones? Basaglar. Basaglar. These are all basal. 2 Yeah, these are mm-hmm. basal insulins. These are now gone. You don't mm-hmm. use those anymore. Because as Jenny points out, you're going to take your meal time or your fast acting correction insulin, put it in the pump, and it's going to split it up. Those 10 units are going to get split up over, not just over hours. That's how the settings of the pump work, right? You're going to come up with, what is it going to be like 0.4 maybe an hour if you're 10 a day, about like that, right? Right. Depending on your pump, all of the pumps differ in their precision of a single drip of insulin. Some pumps can drip as little as 0.11. Some can drip as little as 0.025 or 0.05. So it just depends. But if you broke this down 10 units a day into 24 hours a day would be a rate of about 0.42 if you do rounding, right? Yes. Some pumps, you may have to round that to 0.4 mm-hmm. because they can't deliver the 0.02. And you're you're going to hear that if you're MDI and think, oh, at the top of every hour, it's going to give me 0.42 units of insulin. But it's not doing that. It's going to break those Correct. 0.42s up over the entire hour. Over the course of the time. Exactly. Now, the other step to this calculation is that we expect that your basal insulin you've been injecting I'm trying to think how to say it so people don't think their insulin's not working. But when you inject basal insulin as its type, it it will 
not be absorbed as efficiently, I guess, is the better way to say it, as it would from a pump where it gets infused in those little tiny drips over a very precise amount of time, a very precise dose. So your rapid insulin in your pump gets infused at a site. Um, and so we usually take your base basal dose down by about 10%. Some ev some physicians even go down by 20%, but the general idea is taking your base dose down by 10%. So 10 units a day taken down by 10% is one unit less. Right. So nine units instead of 10 units. So if you do the math there, nine into 24 gets your rate down instead of point, let's call it 0.4 an hour, down to 0.37 an hour, okay. which again, we'd probably round down to 0.35. Okay. And you're going to want to keep an eye on that because mm -hmm. I've seen it go either way. I've seen that be right. And it's amazing. I've seen that be now not enough insulin and people are getting high blood sugars and they immediately, like you hear them say like the pump doesn't work. I'm like, well, you gave yourself less insulin and turns out you need more. Right. Um, right. So pay close attention to that. It also translates into the next step. Once you've been making some notes on this 24-hour dose of, let's call it, 0.35 units an hour, and you can say, well, it seems okay here, mm -hmm. but then at this time of the day, I'm always high no matter what. I can skip eating and I'm high. I can eat and I go even higher. Well, that's when the next step is basal testing. Yeah. Right. right? We need to really look at it and say, where is that 0.35 sufficient and where is it not and where might it be too much mm -hmm. and so. you might notice and this is this might sound a little heady if you're thinking of switching but you could put your pump on your belly and have a different reaction to the insulin than it is if it's on your hip or your thigh you know there's reasons like um arden's thigh doesn't work as well as her stomach does you know neither does mine right. i don't use my thighs anymore you know, yeah back of your arm so. might be better than your the back of your butt or who knows like right and with with this being new from coming from mdi to going to using a pump i would suggest initially utilizing and testing out within an area of the body mm -hmm. you know we talk a lot about rotation not only should you be rotating if you're doing mdi your injection should be going multiple different places not just the same site over and over the same goes along with pumping those sites need to be rotated if you're new to pumping however you really want to get an idea if your settings are fairly good stick with rotating around your abdomen right okay. Get an idea. And then once you have that fairly well set, you can then move to upper butt or the back of the arm or maybe your thigh or, you know, your lower back and see if you notice any difference. Some people do and some people don't at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. right. No, I mean, there's it, it's your body composition, hydration, Correct. how, you know, where it's actually going inside of you. Is it subcutaneous? Is it very close to a muscle? We don't want right. to overwhelm people, but the muscle can kind of. I don't know what the term is, like what, what a large muscle group can, it kind of lessens the impact of the insulin, but for the life of me, I can't think of why right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it lessens, no, I don't know what you that mean. Why, I always thought that's why the thigh wasn't a good spot because it was a large muscle. Well, it might have more to do with how well the insulin at that site is getting absorbed. Okay. Like that's a big reason that I don't use my thighs is because whenever I tried using it, either I got occlusion alarms because the cannula was bumping into muscle mm -hmm. um, or potentially that I had 
nicked like a small vessel under and it had then clotted kind of near that site where it was trying to infuse. And so that backs up into the pump and the pump tells you, hey, the delivery of insulin has stopped. It gives you nice alarms, right? Um, So I think in some cases that may be part of the issue is the proximity to muscle, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I it was either painful or I got occlusions. Okay. Like, I, it just never worked on my thighs. Gotcha. Okay. Well, see, look at so. me. I'm learning from the podcast. Finally. <laughs> Finally. I learn about this every day. I'm you like, learn oh a lot. God, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we've I, – I think here's a good place to insert that it is possible that um, – there are some people on MDI who are achieving reasonable lower blood sugars. Some, how do I say this? Sometimes your doctor's over basiling you because they don't think you're covering your food correctly. And that, or they may not have looked at your records enough to know why they've, you know what I mean? Like it might just be easier to back up with enough basil with what they're seeing in your data. Yeah. And it may, as you're saying, it might be wrong. Right. Right. So like, Imagine if you're a person who has been getting more basil than they really technically need, but you kind of forget meals sometimes, you don't cover all your food, but now all of a sudden you have this pump and you're like, oh, it's so easy now. I just push the buttons for my food. So now you're covering your meals well, and you're like, why am I low all the time? Right. It might be because you're using more insulin than you have been in the past. So those are things to look for that I see people struggle with in the beginning with a pump. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say, I think there's a, I think there's a period of transition there. It's not going to be like, if you're nervous, it's not unfounded, it, you know, like you are starting a whole new way of doing something, but it really is just another way of delivering insulin to you. It's not that complicated. And I can say personally, when I switched from MDI, having done MDI a long time mm-hmm. before I started using a pump, by the time I started using a pump, I was already doing um I was already doing somewhat of a pre-bolus, but it wasn't the same. Once I switched to a pump, there was a definite time difference between my pre-bolus with injections and there still is. Yeah. I can take an injection and my pre-bolus time is not as long as it is on a pump. Right. Well- I, again, N of 1. But yeah. that's what I noticed. And so those are some things to pay attention to between MDI and what you're doing, along with what you said about maybe the doses you were taking on MDI were covering a certain way for your rapid insulin for meals and corrections. And now that you're on a pump, your meals, the food hasn't changed. Your strategy has stayed the same and things are looking weird. Right, right. Yeah. Right. There, it, you do have to step back a lot and try to see what's yes. happening. Um, it, it, one re- reasonable ex- um, reason for that could be reasonable reason. That wasn't right. But anyway, um, <laughs> it, you use an Omnipod and Omnipod delivers insulin a little slowly. Like it doesn't just like you take a needle and you go Vroom, and, it's, and in. it's in. Yeah. And yeah. a pump is pumping over time. And the, and I, I don't imagine you use very large boluses, but larger no. boluses take longer. Um, yes. I've seen I've sat at a restaurant with Arden and, you know. You forget you've done it, and you kind of still hear like that, like faint, like click, clicking. Like it's still giving her insulin. It feels like it's been five minutes, you know. And yeah, um, so that's that could be part of it. Anyway, these are things you're going to learn along the way. They're new lessons, but they're not a reason not to try because correct. You're going to gain. Well, you're going to gain so much, right? Like if to me, a pump is 
at its core, I've always thought of pumping as a way to be able to manipulate basal. Whereas sure. if I'm on MDI, I shoot it in, it's in there, nothing left to do. If it's too right. much, if it's too little, it's what it is. And, Correct. You know, with MD with a with a pump, you know, you can go back and listen to the Pro Tip series. I think about like, wow, if we sit down to a meal that's all of a sudden much carb heavier than what I usually eat, I could do a temp basal increase to try to help me with this. The, the you know, I was thinking a, a minute ago when we were talking about breaking the 10 units down into 0.4, 0.35, that if you think about putting a sprinkler out on a dry, dry lawn, right? And you need to give your lawn 10 gallons of water. You could come along and dump it on all at once. And it'll just bleh, and that'll be it. Right. Or it could break it up into little 0.35 gallons every hour and go back and forth and just a light covering covering, mm-hmm. covering, covering. You're never going to soak it down. You're, and it's just, I think of basil like sort of like that sometimes. You're just... And you know. that's a good way to think about it too because if you consider that slow basil drip that you are getting from a pump, when you inject your basal insulin all in one clump, mm-hmm. right? You can, depending on the kind of activity you like to do, you may have found that you have to pay attention to, gosh, I'm doing like a really heavy arm workout. I'm probably not going to inject my basal insulin into my arm today. I might inject it someplace else, right? Because there's this whopping dose sitting underneath your skin and any kind of insulin, whether it's rapid or basal, can get enhanced in action. Yeah the more active you are, and especially if you're using that site. Um, So, you know, those are the kinds of things that having those tinier doses that you can manipulate and adjust, Mm -hmm. especially with the variables that you know are coming in the day. And if somebody's listening and thinking like, well, they have spent the first 15 minutes talking about basal insulin, it's because (laughs) it's really important and nobody tells you it's important. It's right. settings. So if you listen to this podcast, you're like, well, I do MDI, and they're always talking about like, their settings on their pump or anything. This is still settings. You know, yes. if it's MDI, it's your settings. It's, you know, these uh, basal, carb ratio, uh, correction factor, they're all settings. So it's just very important to have them. If they're not accurate to your needs, then everything else is just going to be a mess. And and especially basal. If basal's wrong, the whole day's confused. So, okay, so we've translated our basal. Our insulin to carb ratio, does the doctor keep it the same? Do they usually, like, what is common? They may keep it the same, especially if your records prove to show that it seems to be, for the most part, working fairly okay, mm-hmm. right? Could there be improvement somewhere, possibly, or whatever? Maybe that's also part of the reason that they feel like a pump might actually be better. Maybe you're the kind of person that just eats really slow digesting food, and so you've had problems with taking your insulin and having these big drops in your blood sugar too fast, and then it ends up catching up with you, and then you end up high later, and you've treated low blood sugars, right? And there's not a timing thing that you can really get quite right with MDI. Mm -hmm. And maybe the doctor says, well, why don't we try a pump? Because, hey, you're eating these types of foods more frequently. We could actually use some of the smart features on our conventional pumps that allow you to take some insulin for food. We're calling these extended boluses. 
And you can just kind of like basil. It's almost like a secondary use of basil, but for a bolus where you drip, 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 drip a bolus in over a certain amount of designated time. Yeah. There's just, there's so much you're going to get out of having a pump. There's, there's also going to be some things you need to know. Uh, Sites can, like, they're going to tell you whatever pump you have, they're going to say this pump you can wear for X amount of days or X amount of hours. But sometimes sites go bad soon. You know, sometimes new sites don't work as well in the beginning. Um, Those are little things that you'll learn along the way. Um, There's Mm -hmm. if depending on Arden's blood sugar, she might put on a new pod and we might just bolus a little bit to get the site working. Um, This morning, I I woke up in the morning. I saw that Arden's blood sugar was trending up overnight. And listen, for those of you just switching, like Arden is looping, but I can see how much insulin is left in her pod remotely, which most of you aren't going to be able to see. Um, But um, I could see she was down to like 30 units. So this is the end of her site, right? And Mm -hmm. I just spent the weekend with her and it doesn't matter, but we were at a lot of restaurants this weekend. So Arden got a lot of insulin this weekend. Mm -hmm. And in my heart, her blood sugar is drifting up because this site is kind of done. so Because I, you have experience. Yes, I can just tell. And you will mm-hmm. be able to one day as well. So I sent her a text and I said, I wouldn't go to class with this pump on. Because if she does, she's going to spend her whole day with blood sugars Hi. around 150. And she's going to be fighting with them constantly. And mm-hmm. bolusing and they're not going to work. And, and by the way, if that happens, and then all of a sudden she gets crazy active out of nowhere... She might experience a low blood sugar from all of this insulin kind of sitting in this right overuse pool. Site. Yeah, yeah, in right. this pool, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's just a thing you'll learn along the way. You'll learn, mm-hmm. you know, people worry about so much, like, well, you know, do you travel with pumps? Uh, you know, if we go too far from our house, we do. If it's a 15 minute turnaround, we don't. Like, you know, right. do you, well, what, I'm going to have to have insulin with me now. Like, eh, I don't know. We don't travel with insulin that frequently yeah. as long as we're near yeah. a home base, you know. Um, but if we go far, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, and it's not something we want to turn back from, we'll take insulin with us. You know, it's right. You just, you, my point is, is that it becomes all second nature at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. just like everything else about diabetes, you're going to have experiences. They're going to teach you. You'll learn from them and move on. Speaking of moving on, you'll think I'm going to go from MDI to pumping, uh, to pumping to algorithm pumping, but I want to do CGMs first. So okay. you have a meter and that's how you check your blood sugar and that's all you have. And you're in the doctor's office and the doctor's like, hey, you know what you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> it must be the same doctor. Hold on. Before. I got one in the drawer here. Give me a second. <laughs> um, take this as a sample. You'll try. You'll love it. Um, they're going to try to give you, uh, they're going to say to you, hey, you might want a Libre. You might want mm-hmm. a Dexcom. If you're on a Medtronic pump, they might ask you to do whatever the Medtronic CGM is called. Um mm-hmm. And you're going to say, I don't need that. Or you're going to be nowhere and you're going to be, yes, please. The Remastered Diabetes Pro Tip Series is sponsored by Ascensia Diabetes, makers of the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. And they have a unique offer just for listeners of the Juice Box Podcast. If you're new to Contour, you can get a free Contour Next Gen Starter Kit by visiting this special link. Contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter. When you use my link, you're going to get the same accurate meter that my daughter carries. Contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter. 
head there right now and get yourself the starter kit. This free kit includes the Contour Next Gen Meter, 10 test strips, 10 lancets, a lancing device, control solution, and a carry case. But most importantly, it includes an incredibly accurate and easy-to-use blood glucose meter. This contour meter has a bright light for nighttime viewing, an easy-to-read screen. It fits well in your hand and features second-chance sampling, which can help you to avoid wasting strips. Every one of you has a blood glucose meter. You deserve an accurate one. Contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter to get your absolutely free Contour Next Gen starter kit sent right to your door. When it's time to get more strips, you can use my link and save time and money buying your Contour Next products from the convenience of your home. It's completely possible that you will pay less out of pocket in cash for your Contour strips than you're paying now through your insurance. Contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter. Go get yourself a free starter kit. While supplies last, U.S. residents only. Touched by type 1 has the back of people living with type 1 diabetes. Take, for instance, their D-Box program. Touched by type 1 knows firsthand the intricacies of living with type 1 diabetes, and so their team has created a D-Box, which is a starter kit that provides important resources and supportive materials to individuals with diabetes. They want you to thrive. The D-Box is completely free and available to newly diagnosed people. All you have to do is go to touchedbytype1.org, go to the Programs tab, and click on D-Box. While you're there, check out all the other resources and programs available at touchedbytype1.org. Speaking of support, touchedbytype1.org is available in English and Spanish. Don't forget to find them on Facebook and Instagram, too. You do not want to miss what Touched by Type 1 is doing. When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with pheochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. Wherever you fall on that, um, you you do want it. <laughs> like if, you, if your insurance covers it, you you want it. That's for sure. Right? right. Tell me why. And I think it applies in all realms of diabetes as well, right? Not just in type 1 diabetes, but also type 2 diabetes and even worthwhile in gestational diabetes. I know there are some rules in terms of when it can be prescribed, whatnot, mm-hmm. but I think it's beneficial all around what you miss with finger sticks are all of the little dots in between. So where things were trending, right? So if it is something that your doctor does bring up, absolutely say yes. Right. Um, You may not know how to look at the information or what you're getting from it initially, um, but (laughs) it's so worthwhile. You, you want to know what you don't know. And, um, with finger sticks, especially if you're newer to diabetes or if you've just been doing them your whole life and this is how you tend to think of it, you do the, um, well, I, I test before I eat or I test before I go to bed or I test before I drive. And right. re- and I know you've asked yourself, what's happening when I'm not looking? 
right? Like, and if you haven't, ask yourself that. Say, I wonder how do I go from two fifty to fifty in an hour? Like, how does mm-hmm. that happen? And you'll learn. You'll start seeing the impacts of activity and the lack of hydration and different foods that you eat, the age of your your insulin pump site, all these different things that have a huge impact on the way your blood sugar moves. And Mm -hmm. now suddenly it's there. A CGM is going to show you minute by minute. I think it's every five minutes, right? And I think there there are some people who've been using it long enough that can say there can be some frustration around the amount of data that mm-hmm. you get. And I wouldn't disagree with that, but I do think it's how you interact with the data, right? It's how you actually take a look at things and what you do with it and what you learn from it. And you have to you have to expect that in the first month, let's call it, yeah. of using a CGM, you're going to see a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so rather than being so very emotionally reactive, again, taking a step back and kind of looking at the data to be able to make better decisions about what you felt like was probably happening. And now you can actually see it. Right. Well, imagine you have your sprinkler out on the yard and you have to keep the dirt moist because you've planted grass (laughs) seeds, except every time you look out, it's kind of dry. That's the CGM. You look at the CGM and go, oh, from 3 a.m. till 6 a.m., my blood sugar is 140. It's pretty stable, but it's 140. I wish it was lower or moister. Mm-hmm. I can turn up the sprinkler a little and put on a little more <laughs> insulin and make it where I want it to be, like push that number down a little bit. And the CGM can show you then, if you're really looking at it that way, the CGM can show you where did it start to lose Efficacy. right effect? Yeah, yeah, where yeah. do I start to need to add more insulin? It's not once you get stuck higher or once you get stuck lower than you want it's before that so any drifts up or drifts down you can see that very clearly on a cgm i you have a really good example i think from when arden first started using her cgm it was like that overnight thing that you yeah were constantly missing was it lows when you had finger sticks and i would put now you could see them (laughs) I, i thought i was a genius i've said it before i would put arden to bed at 180 and she'd wake up at 90 and I was like, look how good I am at this. And um, what would happen, we put a CGM on her. She was 180. She'd go down to the 50s, sit there for hours. I'm assuming her liver would be like, hey, here, try not to die. Here's some, you know, some, right. here's some here's some glucagon. I'll give you a little bit. And then she'd drift up to 90 overnight. It was happening constantly. So the reasons for that are mind-numbing. And not for this conversation, but we were bad at bolusing for dinner. We were, her basil wasn't, like, there were so many things that weren't right, you know. But you didn't know it because you couldn't see what was happening unless you yeah. really did a finger stick, even an hourly finger stick. It would have caught a drift. But it still would have been right? confusing. But it would have still been confusing yeah, yeah. unless you sat down and you connected all those dots and you could say, well, look look at this. And you probably, I mean, not necessarily wanting to see your child sit at 50 for three hours before your body actually reacts and gets Mm -hmm. you the glucose that is needed to bring it up. But you'd have, on a first finger stick, probably under 70, you would have ended up treating. So you also wouldn't have had the information to show, well, how much do we need to take away and what do we need to do differently? I can't, I can't say how valuable it is to be able to see a graph and to and to look at it 
every three hours or, you know, what's it look like over six hours? Like it, Jenny's point is great is that you, you don't know why what happened happened. It's um if you're married here, uh, it's nine o'clock at night and you're now in an argument, right? And you think, I don't know what just happened. But mostly this is guys. Like they're like, what well, they, they search the last five minutes in their brain. And go, I've not done anything wrong in the last five minutes. Right. <laughs> but if you could step back and see a whole graph of your day, you'd realize that at 630 at dinner, you said something really stupid. And now it's hitting you at nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that can be similar. You could have um, cheeseburger with French fries at dinner at eight o'clock at a restaurant and hit it mm-hmm. with a great bolus. And you're like, oh, wow, my blood sugar's still where I want it to be. It's 140 after dinner. That's not bad. And two hours later, it starts to jump up. And that doesn't make any sense to you because you haven't listened to the pro tip series. You don't know about the fat and the French fries and the slow digestion and how your blood sugar is going to go up afterwards. But at least if you see it on a graph and then you go have those French fries and that burger again, you see it happen again, you can go, oh, I could get ahead of this. Right. Yeah, I could not say that stupid thing at dinner, and now we'd be watching television, and she wouldn't be yelling at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. right, and yeah. if you have a pump, you can also address it a different way than waiting for it to finally start rising and getting too high. You can offset it ahead of time, knowing what is coming, because you've had the experience that oh, it always hits around two hours. So I'm going to start doing something about an hour and a half before mm-hmm. that, so that it actually doesn't happen. Yes. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, There's yeah. There's a million ways to handle that if you're on a yes. Right. Like from, yeah. For Arden, uh, an hour after she has French fries, we have to bolus for the fat. And there's a mm-hmm. calculation you can do. And there's and that heads off that secondary rise and doesn't cause a low later. That's the right. other great thing is that everyone, when you don't have enough data, you think, oh, if I just keep throwing in more insulin here and there, it's going to be It's not true. Like you can match the need up with the impact of the insulin and never cause a low. Uh, right, and that's something you're going to learn looking at a CGM that that a, a that a stable line on a CGM is really your insulin. Your insulin's pulling down, and your food and your other impacts are pushing up, and neither of them are winning. Like so, if you can kind of imagine that line going off into affinity, nice and stable, there's invisible lines cables attached to it. One's trying to pull it up. One's trying to pull the line down and neither can win because you have a great balance between your insulin and your knee. Right. Yeah. So that, and the CGM, like seriously, like I don't care. Like there's Dexcom's an advertiser. It's not why I'm saying it. Like get a CGM. It's of any, right. Absolutely. I mean, I've said before many times, if somebody was going to take my technology, I would fight for my CGM before I'd fight for my pump. Yeah. No, I would. A hundred percent would keep my CGM. <laughs> I, I'll throw this here too, even though it's about like leaving quote unquote finger sticks. You're never going to leave finger sticks, by the way. You're going to need them. You're going to test when you're not sure about your CGM. You're going to test when you're making big decisions. Listen, if my daughter's blood sugar looks high on her CGM and we're going to make a big bolus, I said, look, you got to test. We got to know that this number's right. We can't just start throwing insulin in here and you're right. actually 40 points lower than this or whatever. And I think it's also really important to acknowledge how what you know about how you feel around certain blood sugars, mm-hmm. because again, technology, it's wonderful and it's so much better than it was years ago, but it may still not be accurate at certain points. Sure. So always those finger sticks are important to continue to use because if your symptoms or how you're feeling doesn't 
go with what your CGM is reading, I guarantee a finger stick isn't going to lie to you. Not unless you still have like apple juice on your fingers or something. And and I was going to say, and I didn't get to it, just an accurate meter, just a blood glucose meter. Yes. They're not all the same. They don't all work as well. Don't just take the one the doctor handed you from the drawer. Do a tiny bit of research. Use the one that I that advertises here because it's the one we use and it's amazing. And you know, like, or do what you do your own research and find out. I I will throw in a, a little story here because I did spend the weekend with my college age daughter, which I haven't done in a while, um, as a visitor at school. Second night she was with me, we replaced her CGM. Okay, mm-hmm. so at five o'clock at night, I said, "Hey." Your Dexcom is going to expire at one in the morning. You should switch it now. It's before we're going to eat dinner. We'll get it back online. It will have it. We can do some finger sticks through dinner, and then it'll be rolling and working well by the time we go to sleep. Because it does take a little while for some people yeah. for it to look right. You know, she goes, ah, I don't want to do that right now. So then, when do we change your CGM? 10 o'clock 11 at o'clock, night. you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, blah, blah. so then it's done. So then it's wonky for the first couple hours. And for Arden, if her Dexcom is wonky, it's wonky low when she first puts it on. Mine is too. Okay. So like, I mean, it'll be like you're 42 and she's 110, yep. like that kind of thing. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of consternation in, in what you should do. I'm a fan of letting it be on for a little while and uh, calibrating it to help it get along a little more. But now we're asleep. <clears throat> and it's like beep beep beep, and I'm like, all I could think was like, I told, I know, I said this, nobody listens to me, but that's fine. And I'm like, and I know she's not that low, like, and but it's worrying. So now she's yeah, a, sure. she's asleep, and I get up and I'm checking her blood sugar, and she wakes up. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Your CGM's going off." She goes, "I'm fine." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I tested her, and she was 130, and I was like, "Okay, so she's right." And I did a calibration, and it came together pretty quickly, and that was it. Having said that, we could have done that at 5 o'clock. <laughs> and there, so there is a way to time your technology. Now, yes. the new G7 is going to have a shorter warm-up period, which will help overlapping. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to soak your sensor, which I'm not going to bother explaining here. But um, yes. the, as the technology gets better, so should those things. But Correct. that is not to say it's not, like, hands down – the most valuable thing that's happened to people who have any kind of diabetes since I yes. since I've been aware of diabetes. So absolutely yeah. okay. All right, Jenny. Now we got our CGM. We're using mm-hmm. a pump. But mm-hmm. We're looking online, and we're like, "See, this isn't the, the doctor's not going to go. You know what you ought to do. <laughs> that's not going to happen now because this stuff's all so new. Maybe a, maybe a really in tune doctor might say, "Why don't you get an algorithm?" But for the most part, I don't think. I think that's the thing you're going to figure out on your own a little bit. So all this stuff we're talking about, about, you know, the basal being correct, and you might need a temp basal here. You might need an extended bolus for fat. You might need all this. There are pumps that make those decisions autonomously. Yeah, you have to be wearing, at this time, you have to be wearing a Dexcom because it works with that, right? Correct. But... Or Medtronic's CGM. Yes. Because their system also works with their pump. Right. Yes. So there's a Medtronic version of this. There's a Tandem version of this. There's an Omnipod version of this. Mm-hmm. All their algorithms are proprietary. They work slightly differently. But long and the short of it is, they're going to give you insulin when you need insulin, and they're going to take insulin away when you don't need it. They're going to tr- endeavor to stop you from getting low. 
and endeavor to stop you from getting too high. You still have- And how they do that, it was with targets. Yes, right. Right, specific targets in each of the different pump systems. Um, Medtronic's newest one was just approved, Mm -hmm. um, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, But they all have specific targets. So how that algorithm works is based on when and how to give you more or less based on a target and based on what the system is projecting off of your current CGM trend. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting, like the algorithms don't just willy nilly deliver or take. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's not like, I think maybe now more. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. There's a math to the algorithm. There's right? no gremlin inside of your pump flipping a no. coin going, oh my God, heads, let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's, it's stunning. Now, there's another version. There's a number of other versions. There are do-it-yourself versions. There's Android APS. There's Loop. Um, I think, Jenny, you loop, right? I it's do. It's okay to say yep. that. I think you and... I've been looping for years. five and a half years. Right. And Arden's been doing it, I think, since 2019, maybe. So, okay. yeah. And you're Arden's using Loop 3. As am I. And you just switched to it as well. So, like... so. They're all just different versions of an algorithm making decisions about insulin based on your CGM trend. Trend. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. They're astonishing. They work incredibly mm-hmm. well. They are not magic. Again, no. all settings, all knowing how to bolus for certain foods, understanding the impacts of things, your digestion, your hydration, like all the things that are important about MDI are the same things that are important about pumping, are the same things that are important about using an algorithm. And you made, I know people can't see you, but you were very in a line Mm -hmm. going from MDI to pumping to algorithm. And I think that's, it's a really important piece for those who are listening to understand if you're kind of listening to this because these are not pieces in your life already, right? And you want to get an idea. There is a hundred percent, I'd say a thousand percent value in learning on MDI and then moving to a conventional pump that does not do anything for you, Mm -hmm. meaning it does not use an algorithm. There's absolute value in that. You know, we talked about testing and evaluating settings and learning about all the variables, food and activity and everything, and how to adjust your pump or your insulin doses to accommodate for those variables. I think, as you mentioned, when you said, you know, your pump's like, hey, let's start on algorithm. Well, I can't go as deep as you. I don't sound the same. So it's a totally different doctor, right? Uh, but in that sense, there are, I think, more doctors today who are thinking algorithm. Mm. But in my personal and professional opinion, I think some of them are thinking that too fast. Okay. They are they are moving somebody to, hey, your MDI, let's move to this algorithm-driven system. Whatever the system is, whether it's Omnipod 5 or Tandem or Medtronic, there is there's a missing piece in the middle there that if for some reason, and we talked about CGMs potentially not being always accurate or technology failing, if your pump fails in its algorithmic dosing and you have nothing to step back to, you're at a loss. Yeah. And it's important to understand that, you know, 
So I can't emphasize that enough. No, it's incredibly important. Jenny's been talking to me about this privately for years, honestly. She's like, people can't just be put on the machine. The machine does the whole thing, and they don't understand why it's happening. Because, you know, the, the general argument is, what if the machine stops working? I don't even think that's the need for that argument. No. I think the need is, is that this is a thing you have to understand. Like, it, it right. no matter what, none of this machine stuff is at the point where you don't need to know how to how it works. But, it's not AI. Yeah, it's, it's not even a computer. Like, you know, you used to have no. to know how to fix your computer because it would break all the time. Nowadays, you buy a Mac, it'll just do the thing you want it to do. You'll never have to touch it and it'll die at the end. You're like, oh, my Mac doesn't work anymore. You get another one and it'll, you don't need to understand how a computer works to use a computer. Right. You need to understand how diabetes works to have yes. diabetes. I don't care what version of care you're using. I don't care what the next one is. Now, if someone magically comes up with something one day where it just works no matter what, like a like a laptop from Apple, okay, then then okay. Then God bless if you want to skip it, then skip it. But I'm still right. going to say that isn't happening anytime soon because of just, right. uh, not just the things we've mentioned today. Um, you know, your insulin pump site might not work on time. Like your CGM might not be right right away. Like all the other things, it just, right. it's not happening anytime soon. So right. you don't want, the worst thing I can imagine is that you put an algorithm on a nine-year-old who it works for. And then five years later, the kid hits like puberty hard or something. And you have no idea. Like the algorithm doesn't know you just became a completely different person. You're going to have to change your settings to make that work. Right. And, and that takes experience. Like if you, I think if you ever find yourself listening to Jenny and I talking and thinking, how come whenever something comes up, they just, fill the next space with something valuable. It's because Jenny's been living with diabetes for over 30 years. And I've been staring at my daughter for 15 years watching her have diabetes. And I have a never ending supply of experiences and answers in my head because I live right. through them. Yes. That's why. And that's why you know Absolutely. Yeah. Like you didn't go to like diabetes university where they told you something <laughs> secret that they don't tell everybody else, right? Like, no, no, yeah. no, not at all. I mean, I have valuable behind the scenes, like information about disease states and those types of things from a medical knowledge base. Right. Absolutely. And understanding them helps me to understand some of the navigation of that with diabetes. But the lived experience and the work that I get to do with so many people, that's the value that you can't teach that. Right. In a university, you you can't teach there's no degree in diet. Yeah. <laughs> and for that. and for your situation, you've been helping people for so long professionally. I, I tell people all the time, like it's it, it's gonna sound self-serving, but it's not like it's that I was able to get advertisers for the show. So I could turn mm -hmm. the show into a job. So that I could put this much effort into it because I learn Correct. every day. I talk to people like you'll hear me say like, oh, I was talking to a guy the other day. He said something about this. And that's me hearing something I'd never heard before and, right. and retaining it and being able to apply it to a situation. Go, oh, you know where that'll help here. And then mm -hmm. you get to keep expanding those conversations. I'm going to get to something here. And you you get to keep expanding those conversations till they help other things. We did thyroid episodes. Now we hear from people who are like, oh, my God, my life is different because I got my thyroid managed well. I'm getting a lot of um, 
my I didn't realize about my iron and my ferritin. Like a lot of women, especially, mm-hmm. are getting back to me like they're feeling so much better because of something they heard on the podcast. They heard it on the podcast because I was able to focus on this because this is what I think about. And now right. and now it's coming to um digestion and mm-hmm. that because we had to figure out a problem with my daughter's digestion. And then we shared it on the podcast. And now I've seen that help other people. That goes for little things about diabetes too. Yes. That's how this stuff spreads. This is a repository of information, but you're going to build that in your own mind. Correct. But not if somebody slaps an algorithm on you and tells you, don't worry about it, the thing will take care of it. Right? Right. Yeah. Because it one, that's such a that's such a big thing that I hear. Well, shouldn't it be helping me with this? Shouldn't it be doing this? Shouldn't it? The one word I hate is learned. Shouldn't have learned that I don't need this much insulin at two o'clock in the morning. Nope. Your system isn't learning. No. I promise you it's not learning. Not yet. It, it doesn't no. keep track of two o'clock in the morning. Gosh, I got to give less insulin for this person. It's not that's it's not smart. Yeah. Now, and Jenny, do you know, <laughs> oddly enough, as we make this episode, I put up an episode today called Rise of the Machines, where a guy comes on to talk about his Android APS system and how it he does believe it's going to learn in the future, Correct. which is so exciting, but not now. Like, he, no. uh, what's one of his examples? He said, uh, location services. So if you say I'm having pizza and it realizes you're at Domino's, okay, and you have an experience with insulin, someday it will remember that experience. Yes. If you go to a different pizza place and have a different experience, it'll remember that. If you go to a third yes. pizza place, it'll remember that. If you head back to Domino's, it's going to go, oh, we're back at Domino's, this that's not happening right now. <laughs> no. So, yeah, In fact, yeah. there is there are some um there are some apps that actually you can track that way like you can take a photo of something and tap the location indicator. And the next time you come back to that location, um, you'll be able to see what your dosing looked like, what your CGM trend looked like. So you can learn from Bob's pizzas Mm -hmm. Friday night last week to this Friday night. Maybe I should change my strategy. It looked like this and I want to improve this, right? Or do it differently. But those, they need to be married right into the pump so that not only do you have, okay, now I'm at Bob's pizza. This is what I had. And hey, let's the pump then can acknowledge and I'm going to do something different right. for yeah. Jenny. <laughs> but but for that happening just automatically, that's not here yet. 2023 no. Omnipod 5 doesn't do that. Uh, Tandem T-Slim doesn't do that. The Control IQ doesn't do that. The um, And the Medtronic, Medtronic. doesn't do that. Like, no. May it happen one day? Sure. But the other, I think the other thing is, I know you want your days to be easy. And they can be. They can be much easier than they are now. They can be more, um, you know, your intuition can come into play as you grow. But this is a lifelong thing. And mm-hmm. and what you want is you want to get to the point where I saw Arden get into this weekend, where we sat down to this meal. There were 16 different things. And she just looked at it and picked up her phone and went, and pushed the button. Yeah, And I was like, how much did she give? She goes, I don't know. I told it was like 85 carbs. And I was like, <laughs> and she, go, and, and I was like, okay. And then she was okay. And it was okay. She just looked at a table at a restaurant. And she's like, I think about this much. And, right. and that's boy, forget this podcast and everything else. It's just, that's where you want to get to where it just, where you wake up at two in the morning, you see a high blood sugar and you go, oh, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. And that does come. It, it really does come. So 
anyway. Uh, but you're going to transition along. By the way, I think algorithms are amazing. And they, yes, they are yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I love my algorithm absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I've also learned to work with it, and I've learned what it can do and what I still need to tell it to do. Yeah. I think that's the big thing about algorithms is knowing that you still have a fair amount of action to put into it so that the algorithm can work with you. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want anybody to think like, oh, you're using a do-it-yourself loop. It's magical over the other company. It all's about the same. Like they all need your help. They all need your intuition. They all need your knowledge. There's nothing. If you think you're going to just put loop on or Omnipod 5 and it's just going to be perfect, like, and you don't have to do anything, like that's not going to be the case. No. Yeah. So, um, but don't be afraid. No. Like, like, I'll say something here on the, oh, uh, I just made myself sad. I didn't make me to make myself sad. Uh, yesterday was my friend Mike's, would have been my friend Mike's birthday. And I I don't want to bring all this down, but Mike had diabetes, uh, type one when we were teenagers. He's not with us any longer. Um, I believe that one of the reasons Mike's not with us any longer is because Jenny alluded earlier that I was stepping along with my hands while I was talking about things like Mike never came along. He yeah. just, somebody gave him regular and MPH and he used it long, long after he should have been. And, sure. you know, didn't have updated meters and didn't, you know, he didn't do the little things that you do to come along. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you don't want to be managing your diabetes like it was 10 years ago. Right. I don't think you should. And I, I think you're also bringing something in here that's really important to consider because you've you've talked about, you know, practitioners bringing up, hey, why don't you try a CGM? Hey, why don't you try a pump? If if you're the one always going to your doctor asking for what's new, I don't know. I'm I you know, and your doctor's very willing and can talk about it then with you. Maybe they didn't bring it up, but they're very they're knowledgeable about it. Once you do get on it, fine. Yeah. But if this is someone who's never really brought it up and kind of like eh, shrugs their shoulder and like, sure, you could try it, whatever. You may need kind of like your friend maybe didn't have a doctor who was keeping up with what could have been better for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you 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 have to take this as a I don't, I don't know if you want to call it a disease or like a, a some people don't like that word, but this is a way of living that. It, it begs you to be involved in it. Yes. Like it just, it just really does. You have to be aware. You have to take some time to learn what is happening with technology, what's happening with insulins, you know, um, yes. and you need to move along with it because if you look back 50 years, I still interview people who are like in their seventies and have a diabetes forever. And they don't even understand why they're alive. Like, mm. like you don't want your life to be a coin flip. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, there are things right. you can do to, to, to give yourself better health outcomes. And mm-hmm. those health outcomes are not just health outcomes; they're quality of life, they're your, they're your psychological state of being. Like, there's so much good that comes from just understanding. I know this sounds silly, but how to set your basal right and make sure your correction factors right, and you know how to cover the foods you eat. Absolutely. I think, and on a bigger scale, we're also, we're all supposed to be a participant in our life, right? Health in general, you may have been given good health to begin with, 
but you're the keeper of that health, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's just like you're the keeper of the car. If you continue to let the salt build up on it, you never wash it off, you're going to have a rusty car. <laughs> well, your your body's the same way, right? And you're the keeper of your health. You got to do things to maintain your health. Yeah, <laughs> With no. Diabetes, it's stepped up a level. It is. A- absolutely. And so um, prepare to transition by getting as much good information as you can. But then at some point, you just have to do it. You have to just yes. dive in and do it and then learn a new thing. And then once, then you'll be surprised at what else comes from that. And um, anyway, I'm, I'm, listen, it's also not to say that you couldn't get an algorithm pump right now and teach yourself backwards. I actually think you can. Sure. I think some people have a harder time with that than others. And I don't mm-hmm. want you to be in a position where you're lost and something's happening and you don't understand why. Because it's it right. won't be any different than a person that gets over basiled on MDI and thinks they're doing okay, but is not really covering their meals well. Right. You know, and then doesn't get yes. hungry one day and ends up low all afternoon, doesn't understand what happened. Like Correct. diabetes, there's no reason that if if you have enough if you have enough information and understanding, diabetes doesn't have to happen to you. And I think that's maybe the most important part. Like I would, if it feels like it's happening to you instead of you are doing something and then something's happening, I think you have to have to look and and, and get a deeper understanding because it shouldn't just right. be happening to you. That's all. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Jenny. I want to thank Ascensia Diabetes for sponsoring the Remastered Diabetes Pro Tip Series. Don't forget, you can get a free Contour Next Gen Starter Kit at contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter. While supplies last, U.S. residents only. If you're enjoying the remastered episodes of the Diabetes Pro Tip Series from the Juice Box Podcast, you have Touched by Type 1 to thank. Touchedbytype1.org is a proud sponsor of the remastering of the Diabetes Pro Tip Series. Learn more about them at touchedbytype1.org. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. If you're living with diabetes or are the caregiver of someone who is, and you're looking for an online community of supportive people who understand, check out the Juicebox Podcast private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. There are over 41,000 active members, and we add 300 new members every week. There is a conversation happening right now that would interest you, inform you, or give you the opportunity to share something that you've learned. Juicebox Podcast. Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook, and it's not just for type 1s. Any kind of diabetes, any way you're connected to it, you are invited to join this absolutely free and welcoming community. Jenny Smith holds a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and biology from the University of Wisconsin. She is a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator, and a certified trainer on most makes and models of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitoring systems. She's also had type 1 diabetes for over 35 years, and she works at integrateddiabetes.com. If you're interested in hiring Jenny, you can learn more about her at that link.
I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, listen, there's 26 episodes in this series. You might not know what each of them are. I'm going to tell you now. Episode 1000 is called Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over. Episode 1001, all about MDI. 1002, all about insulin. 1003 is called Pre-Bolus. Episode 1004, Temp Basal. 1005, Insulin Pumping. 1006, Mastering a CGM. 1007, Bump and Nudge. 1008, The Perfect Bolus. 1009, Variables. 1010, Setting Basal Insulin. 1011, Exercise. 1012, Fat and Protein. 1013, Insulin Injury and Surgery. 1014, Glucagon and Low BGs. In episode 1015, Jenny and I talk about emergency room protocols. In 1016, Long-Term Health. 1017, Bump and Nudge, Part 2. In episode 1018, Pregnancy. 1019, Explaining Type 1. 1020, Glycemic Index and Load. 1021, Postpartum. 1022, Weight Loss. 1023, Honeymoon. 1024, Female Hormones. And in episode 1025, we talk about transitioning from MDI to pumping. Before I go, I'd like to share two reviews with you of the Diabetes Pro Tip Series, one from an adult and one from a caregiver. I learned so much from the Pro Tip Series when our son was diagnosed last summer. It really helped get me through those first few very tough weeks. It wasn't just your explanations of how it all works, which were way better than anything our diabetes educator told us, but something about the way you and Jenny presented everything, even the scary stuff, that reassured me that we could figure out how to deal with this and to teach our son how to deal with it too. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and experience with us. This podcast is a game changer. 25 years as a type 1 diabetic, and only now am I learning some of the basics. Scott brings useful information and presents it in digestible ways. Learning that pre-bolus doesn't just mean bolus before you eat, but means timing your insulin so that it is active as the carbs become active, took me already from a decent 6.5 A1C down to a 5.6 in the past eight months. I've never met Scott, but after listening to hundreds of episodes and joining him in his Facebook group, I consider him a friend. Listening to this podcast and applying it has been the best thing I have done for my health since diagnosis. I genuinely hope that the Diabetes Pro Tip series is valuable for you and your family. If it is, find me in the private Facebook group and say hello. If you're enjoying the Juice Box podcast, please share it with a friend, a neighbor, your physician, or someone else who you know that might also benefit from the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box podcast.